Welcome back at 3HL, broadcasting live in New York City, USS Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum in advance of the 122nd Army-Navy game. And uh, we've got a little NBA angle here. John Abamondi, the CEO of the Brooklyn Nets, among other things, uh, we'll get to. John, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, I was excited to talk to folks from Nashville. My wife used to live in Nashville. Oh, yeah? Used to go down there and visit her in Brentwood, I think the neighbor. Hey, yeah. there we she go. used to live on a street called Old Hickory, which I thought was like the most southern name ever. <laughs> <laughs> that road is like what, like seven hundred miles of it road. It stretches in across yeah. all of Brentwood, Nashville, the yep. Hermitage, you name it. Yes, Old Hickory. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So, um, you you have a naval background. So, what does this Army Navy game and the event and everything that goes with it mean to you? Well, you know, a lot of people say it, but it really is true. This is America's game. Yeah. Um, it brings us back to what college athletics, you know, the nostalgia that we all still feel mm-hmm. for it, right? Because these kids are playing for love of country, love of each other, and love of the game. And they're going to, you know, they're going to leave it out on the field tomorrow for sure. They're going to they're play their hearts out. And, uh, you know, my team's an underdog, but uh, I'm hoping <laughs> for a close game, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Forty combat missions across Iraq is is what I read about you. Just uh, kind of take us back to how that all happened and Navy all happened for you. Uh, I was uh, I grew up the son of a military officer and and uh, went to college on an ROTC scholarship, which was uh, which helped me pay for school, obviously, and then had the opportunity to serve as a naval officer after college and and uh, went to flight school. I saw Top Gun at a very impressionable age. <laughs> and and uh, Tom Cruise to do it, won't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool to me. Yeah. So uh, and it was and it was cool. I got to spend uh, got to live in some interesting places. I lived in Japan for a while and and spent a lot of time flying off the USS Independence and the USS Kitty Hawk and and spent some time in the Persian Gulf as you mentioned. So just a great experience as a young man and was really formative for me and uh, made some great friendships. I'll be getting together with old shipmates tomorrow and, yeah. and uh, uh, really a big part of who I still am today. When you were growing up, what was your idea of what your career path would, would end up being? Did you have, That's a great question. Did you have a goal to, to work in Major League Baseball, work in the NBA? Man, look at my life. Does it look like I had a plan? No. <laughs> no, I, Educationally, it's pretty superior. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've sort of uh, stumbled my way uh, through life, uh, but, but keep stumbling into some success, I, I guess. So uh, I joke that between flying airplanes in the Navy and now working in sports, I've never had a real job, and I'm hoping to keep it that way. <laughs> well, I read Major League Baseball, Senior Director of Labor Economics under Bud Selig. How did, how did you get to that position? And and what were your responsibilities there? Yeah, so I, I had the opportunity to work uh, work with Rob uh, before he was commissioner. Okay. And uh, in the labor department, and you know, Rob was responsible then, as he is now, still for managing the relationship with the players' association. And so we worked on the collective bargaining agreements uh, at the time. Uh, there was a big one done in 2006 when yep. I was there, and and I had a small small part to play in that. I was a junior junior person at the time, uh, but no, it's. It's uh, it's a great organization. I remain a big baseball fan. I was assistant GM at the St. Louis Cardinals for a few years, and uh, it's a it's an amazing sport. I, I sure hope that they're able to work things out. I suspect that they will. Um, I know there's good people on both sides of the issue. Have you paid attention to that at all? The, for those that don't know, the ninth work stoppage in Major League Baseball. Hopefully, it doesn't cost us games. But have you paid attention? I have. Yeah, I have. I, I still have a lot of friends. Uh, 
in the industry, uh, both at the league office and at various teams. And, um, you know, I'm, again, I'm optimistic that they'll work through it. You took over as uh, CEO for the Nets in July of 2020. What a time to step in and, and, and take <laughs> over. I mean, ha, when you stepped into that job, what was the most challenging part of it at that time with what this country was going through? Well, I mean, it's, you know, everything COVID-related has been a challenge for all of us, and, and we've certainly had our, our own little struggles. I, I guess the way to capture it is uh, it's hard to believe. I've only, only been in the job less than a year and a half, and... During that time, I've we've gone from playing games without any fans in the building, real NBA games, to in the past month we've set three attendance records. Wow! Uh, so, so uh, you know, more fans we've ever had since we moved to Brooklyn. Um, so, we've kind of seen the gamut in a short period of time. And uh, you know, the key is keeping our players healthy, keeping our fans healthy. So we take those health and safety protocols very seriously. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to get through this like, like everybody else is. How did you get this relationship with the gaming community and what you got going on with 2K and the NBA also getting involved? Yeah, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to Adam Silver, our commissioner, mm -hmm. for, for um, being willing to, to experiment with the 2K League and, and try something new. And, yeah. uh, and I think we've all learned a lot from our participation in that. And there's no, there's no doubt that eSports that e is a real thing and that mm -hmm. it's here to stay. Yep. Um, and I, I wouldn't pretend to know how it's going to evolve over time, but by having a, an eSports team like, like we do in the 2K League, mm -hmm. it allows us to stay close to that industry and learn. And, and it, you know, nowadays, a lot of times, it's, it's video games that introduce people to the real basketball right. product, right? right. Yep. And they become fans of the game or fans of a particular team or mm -hmm. player because they play that game. Yep. Um, I feel like that was when we were growing up too, though. Like yeah. back in the day, you know, you had people that were, yeah, like mm -hmm. Tech Mobile, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little more realistic now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Abamondi, the CEO of the Brooklyn Nets, uh, with us uh, on 3HL. So for those that are listening that are expecting us to ask you about roster questions and <laughs> Kyrie Irving and all the, these the things. The obvious yeah, here. The yeah. way that your guys' organization is, is structured is that you handle the business aspect and the general manager handles roster management. H how does that all work and, and fit together as a puzzle? That, that's that's a great question. So uh, Sean Marks is our general manager. Uh, he He's incredible at his job and and he's a great partner to me. I like to think I'm a, a good partner to him as well. And, yeah. and uh, you know, when there's big decisions to be made, we work together. Uh, but, but by and large, my I joke with him. My money's my job is to bring the money in, and his job is to go spend it. So, <laughs> so that, that that keeps it pretty clean. It's a healthy marriage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounds like my marriage too, doesn't it? <laughs> how do you um how do you the the ventures that players may want to go into? Like you got guys as well rounded, like Kevin Durant and guys like that. Do you assist them into? outside things uh, outside of sports and things like that that they may want to go into or no you know it, it's a great question and and um under the nba's rules mm -hmm. there's there's restrictions on what teams oh, okay. can do with with players when it comes to their other business initiatives right. but i will say that that uh you know we are we're very close obviously with not only kevin but with his agent right and um 35 ventures which is his mm -hmm. uh, uh firm here in new york city and so you know we're 
we're involved in a lot of the same things together, uh, we, but we do have to abide by certain rules. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering that because I know Golden State does a lot of things as far as guys like Andre Iguodala and introducing yep. them into different markets and things yep. like that. So that yep. And I think that's one of the reasons why players want to come play and right, in a, a place like there Brooklyn, you go. right? Because there, you go. there is so much happening here, whether it's finance mm-hmm. or, or tech or crypto, right? right? Like this is, this is a hot city for all those industries. Yep. John Abamondi with us. Uh, real quick, uh, going back to your Major League Baseball uh, history, could you see a day where, where Major League Baseball ends up in Nashville? I could. I could. I think Nashville's an incredible sports town. I don't have to tell you guys that, but it's an amazing sports town. I think it absolutely can and, and someday will get a Major League Baseball team. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I would put a stake in the ground on that. All right, there you go. Army-Navy coming up tomorrow. John will be cheering for the Naval Academy. Exactly. All right. Go Navy, beat Army. Hey, thanks, John. Appreciate you, man. Good to see you. All right, thanks for having me on. All right, John Abamondi, the CEO of the Brooklyn Nets, Barclay Center, Long Island Nets, and as Slay brought up, the Nets gaming crew of the NBA 2K League, among other things. Uh, 3HL broadcasting live from the USS Intrepid in advance of Army-Navy coming up tomorrow. We'll be right back on 104.5 The Zone. Three HL one zero four five. This home broadcasting live from an aircraft carrier because that's what we do. I'm telling you, man, I've been doing this for, since 1997. I've never even thought about doing a show on an aircraft carrier. Goodness, it's pretty cool. Now we did go tour the top of the USS Intrepid. Like we shipping on the roof. We went all the way to the top, Slay. Yeah. And listen, this this no boat way. is not Slay friendly. No, it ain't. No, not going. No. From a size standpoint. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, you got to go. Sometimes you got to go sideways. got to get a little to go through doors. And then when you get in there, it, what, what is it called? The barracks? No. <laughs> where I get that from? What? You pulled that out of nowhere. Never once did they say the barracks where the Mar- up there. That's where the Marines sleep. <laughs> I don't know where the heck you got that. <laughs> I don't know where I got it in the <laughs> But, yeah, man. There were varying uh, sizes of bunk rooms depending on level oh. of, you know, how many bars you have on your chest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The captain, he had some room. Yeah, he, he, did, he did. The but rear admiral had some room. Now, that's the guy. Yeah. The captain is captain the guy, but the admiral, man. He's managing all the uh, aircraft. That's a stressful job. Man. My anxiety would be out of this world. And they said this ship that we're on is half the size of the new modern ships that they have. Yeah, it's skinnier. Now, it's the same about, what, 250 Two, 250. feet for takeoff, takeoff and landing, which imagine? is just insane. No. I, but I actually it is it's it's wider because the aircraft's heavier and there's and bigger and all of that than it used to be. So they had to make it wider. So I, I just wonder, man, like when you when you own this, like when we walked in earlier, you said, man, we're we're on a um, we are on a, ship. on a boat. Yeah, like like T Pain. But like, how do you keep <laughs> that blocked out of your mind when you see that long, man? Like, that's that's weird to me. Like. That it feels is, like we're in a building. This, yeah. Until you go outside. Yeah, because we're we're water. we're one level down from the uh, the, the flight deck. Yeah. Oh, we saw why because we went. I see. I ain't even. So I'm just so used to feeling like we're in a building. I don't know what to do. Feels like we're at like a mall or something. It does. Dude. <laughs> minus it's huge minus of shops. Here. You can put a bunch of shops. Yeah, planes in here. There are planes right next to us. It's crazy. They use an elevator to get the planes up to the top. I, I really would like to see one of those jets take off. 
Right. On the flight deck. Like Top Gun style. That would be one of the coolest experiences. I bet it's so loud. We were talking about some of the lo- – there's so many local players that, that have played for Army and Navy mm-hmm. uh, in these football games. And, and I know some guys my age that played in this game, and, and they talk about how much it meant to them in terms of, like, their sports career is the highlight. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and so they're all in every year about about this thing. and, and uh, But, uh, man, Malcolm Perry, I, me- I mentioned it earlier, Malcolm Perry from Clarksville, Tennessee, played at Kenwood High School was two-team all-state. Uh, His parents were members of the Army's 101st Airborne, obviously, up there at Fort Campbell. But this dude, man, broke Na- uh, Napoleon McCallum's rushing record at Navy with 2017 rush yards in 2019, 21 rushing touchdowns. He also passed for 1,084 yards, which, typically speaking, these guys don't throw the ball a whole lot, right? Um, seven touchdowns, three interceptions, so 28 total touchdowns. And for his career, he had 5,670 total yards. Perry ran for a rivalry record, 304 yards rushing his senior year. And uh, we we stood there on the sideline and watched him do it, and they kept him in there to get over 300. Hey, man. And it was a thing that was being just on the sideline. Like, wow. they knew what they were doing. Uh, so that was, that was really cool. Made his debut his freshman year against Fordham. Perry started the game in the stands. So he's a freshman. He starts the game in the stands with the other middies, but was forced into action after the starter tore his ACL. They went up in the stands and got him. Isn't that fascinating? And that they, that, that like never Texas happens A&M. anywhere else. They went to campus, got his oh, yeah. got his uniform from the locker room, brought it out, and then he got in the game in the fourth quarter. Wow. Seven carries, 30 yards, and led Navy on a 90-yard field goal drive. What year was this? Uh, that was his freshman year, so... 16, 2016. Dude, I, I, like, don't you? I, <laughs> isn't that amazing? I, it, it is amazing. That'd be like, hey, Slay, Slay's over there in the student section. That's what I'm saying. Somebody go get Slay. Don't you got to so be on the roster Slay or goes in the locker room. They, like, went over to the, the campus to get to get your uniform. You come in, you well, score 10 points the in the fourth quarter. He was just in the stands. Yeah. He was a freshman. He wasn't going to play. Dude. That's You got to be. There's so many stories like that athlete, in this rivalry, man. man. It's just cool that that kid is from. Middle Tennessee. And a lot of people with service people in um, that, that have, have served in their family, like I, I have, Army and Navy on both sides. So that's another reason I'm torn. My um, granddad was in the Army, so I'm Army. So my granddad guy. was in the yeah. Army. My uncle was in the Navy. So. about you, Babs? Which side are you pulling for? I think everybody. My, does everybody have service? A service person in I think family? so. Yeah, yeah, my granddad was Navy. Well, he was yeah. Marines. Okay. But, oh, yeah. But Navy. Um, and then my little nephew is a current student at the Naval Academy, which oh, okay. unfortunately he's not here this weekend because he had to have uh, surgery on his Aww. shoulder. Yep. Right. So he's getting that repaired. But uh, but it's funny, his dad is Army, and they actually lived in Clarksville for years. Mm. So dad's Army and son went Naval Academy. So the, this is a very big game in their family, yeah. you can imagine. The uniforms are really cool. And yeah. uh, we're, we're looking. They've got uh, mannequins, you know, football playing mannequins. Uh, we'll put out a picture of us with them uh, here in just a little bit. But uh, the Na- Naval Academy um, has, has this uh, uh, really detailed plane on, on its helmet. And then it's red, white, and blue motif. So blue uh, uniform with the red and white stripe up the side. The army is it's more is more camouflagey, uh, but the helmet is phenomenal. And yeah. the army helmet has nine oh one 
2001 mm-hmm. on the front of it. Um, 20 years uh, removed from 9-11. So uh, looking forward to it uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock on CBS. And um, um, check it out for sure. It, that's a game – it's a game locally that does very well. And I think they were really smart to move it to the weekend after the championship games. Mm-hmm. And so the significance Only of this game, um, another significance of this game is that it concludes the college football regular season. Yeah. So this is the finish line. Um, these two teams used to be national powerhouses too. Yeah. Um, so I was reading up a little bit. 1926 national championship game at Soldier Field. The national dedication of Soldier Field as a monument to servicemen who had fought in World War One. They're trying to move Soldier Field now. Like, this is a current story that's going on. But that game ended in a 21-21 tie. Navy was awarded the national title. They were ranked one and two. Navy was ranked one. So they, they got the national title. Army had lost to Notre Dame in the regular season. They're only lost. And this is fascinating to me. More than 100,000 people attended that game in 1926. Think about how you would hear about a football game in Chicago. It's not like, oh, mm-hmm. I read my phone. Let's go to Soldierville. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so that's really cool. In 1945 and 1944 and 1940, the teams entered the game ranked one and two again. Army won 23-7 in 1944. The 1945 game was billed as the game of the century. Army won that one too, 32-13. to And then in 1963, I thought this was interesting as well. Shortly after President Kennedy had been assassinated, Jackie Kennedy urged the academies to go on with the game. There was talk about not playing it. And remember, they've played every year since 1929. Uh, Number two ranked Navy, led by Roger Staubach, won 21 to 15. Staubach won the Heisman Trophy that year. Wow. We actually talked to him two years ago here. Mickey asked him if he remembered writing his book. Mickey was, like, floored that he was talking to Roger Staubach. I can imagine. And so Roger was like, yes, I remember writing my book. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking to By the great, way, man. what about Jen Latta earlier? She used the, the term chuckle nuts. She said chuckle heads. Yeah, yeah chuckle heads. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but chuckle, chuckle nuts is exactly what That's I Mickey's thought. That's Mickey's message, yeah. yeah. Chuckle nuts. Um, so Us chuckle nuts. A couple of things that are out there. Uh, in the span of, like, five seconds, Davenport's like, hey, Atlanta Journal-Constitution said Dan Linning Dan Lanning, the Georgia defensive coordinator, has been hired as the head coach at Oregon. And then right it's on a top, breaking news, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, like, full article. And then Bruce Feldman tweeted, I'm told by a source that the report that UGA defensive coordinator Dan Lanning has been hired as the next head coach at Oregon is not true. So I always love these little media battles. I mean, that's crazy. So you know the Atlanta Journal-Constitution source is, is most likely Lanning. Right? I mean, that yeah. it's somebody you, within you the think. Georgia staff. Or because, Kirby. Or, or Car- somebody within the Georgia team. So do you think it just fell apart? Like it was done and then fell apart, maybe? Because that does happen. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe it's going to end up being true. It just wasn't completely done. That's a, that's a thing. Like I hear about, I hear of things that are going to happen, but I, I don't ever go with it because it's not a done deal because the, the ink is not on the paper and it's not signed yet because things can fall apart at mm-hmm. the last minute. You no just question. never know. So I mean, look at the Sonny, uh, look at the Sonny Dyke stuff where he was going to TCU. Mm-hmm. And do you remember then all of a sudden the Oklahoma job is open and then there were like smatterings out there of, 
oh, well, maybe he's interested in Oklahoma. Is Oklahoma interested in him? Well, guess what? The deal wasn't signed yet. So there you go. Now, he is the head coach at TCU now. Right. But there's uh, stuff can always happen late. Anyway, so that one's going to be interesting. Do you think Oregon had an had an issue finding a head coach? I mean, if it went to Lanning, yes. That, I mean, that's my take on it. Like, and that's no offense to Lanning and what they've done and like, what he's done as a coach, but that's not a splashy hire for Oregon. Right. And if they really did interview Chip Kelly, you would think that maybe Chip Kelly's just using that to get more out of UCLA. But right. but I know that people at UCLA ex- have expected this thing with Chip Kelly to go quicker. Mm-hmm. Then it has like this year was the year they expected to break through, and it just was kind of. Well, you it were there. looked like it, they, it was going to happen early. It, it too. did early, and then it was just kind of. Chip all over felt the like board. it was going to happen. They, yeah, they he was confident, have, wasn't he? He was very confident. It, if you don't remember, I worked that week zero game with them, and he was very confident. I think, I think his quarterback did, it turned out he was injured part of the year, obviously, but I think he probably didn't turn out to to be what they expected him to be. I saw him against Hawaii. He looked really good. Now he was playing Hawaii. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's interesting that they went down the Chip Kelly path, evidently, and and nothing happened there. The other thing is all kinds of reports are out there that that Phil Knight really wanted Lane Kiffin. Now, we know as well as you do that Lane Kiffin's not going to Oregon. Mm -mm. But but they're taking swings on, on, you know, Either big guys or familiar guys, and, and that's what you need to do. But if you if you end up coordinator, then yeah, you're you're having issues finding you know a head coach. Well, not that Landon can't be good. A, I, I don't know, but no, I'm and he can, but, but I, it's not. Would, that's not a name that's been on everybody's list. No, and all these guys would prefer to hire a sitting Power Five guy, right? They just always would. Now, you know, it's pretty rare. Um, not as yeah. What rare we saw this, this year. year was super rare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, the other uh, NCAA football thing, and then we'll get to Vrabel here in a second, is the NCAA, as you brought up earlier, about just stopping the fake slides. Boy, they moved on that fast. Mm-hmm. The, the NCAA, only thing they've ever moved on fast in their entire freaking NCAA life. Yeah. It's like usually they're trying to turn around the USS Intrepid, right? <laughs> like it moves slow. Uh-huh. In the cul-de-sac. Somehow they got in a speedboat. Mm-hmm. They're like. You know, Don Johnson and 18 liters of cocaine and a bunch of money. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get out of here. So, uh, that's interesting. So, no more fake slides. If yeah. you fake slide, should the defender just be able to do whatever he wants to you? No, because you want to protect him. But if I'm on that side of the defender, yes. I'm about to take, take, yeah, I'm about take, to take 15. There you go. Easy. Target, do whatever you want to. You can't do that, man. That, man, they gave up a score. Yeah. Like, that's big time, That's man. serious business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Vrabel, I have not heard this yet. I haven't either. I can't wait. But uh, Babs is kind of cracking up when she was listening to it, so I'm anxious to hear. <laughs> 88 seconds of a press conference. That's what happened today. Here's Mike Vrabel. Guys felt a little bit rejuvenated after the bye week. Did that show up? Yeah, I, mean, I think we've gotten better throughout the week. I think it's gotten better. Um, probably got off to a little rough start there for what my expectations were. Um, but I think we've, we've improved. Um, and... and uh, you know, today was a, you know another day that probably headed in the right direction. Uh, yeah, you know we're we'll, we're excited to add him to our football team. We'll we'll talk about more about Zach next week. He won't be active for the football game. 
can he start practicing? And we'll we'll talk him? about him next week. He won't be active for the game. From three that you had designated for return. Yeah, yeah, you know, and again, if we talked about the technology to be able to use that to track their speeds prior to, you know, them them being on injured reserve, and I think it helps us to to have some confidence, but I think especially it helps the players so that they can see and say, okay, you know, this is where I got to, and um, you know, it's good feedback, and then we can evaluate how they feel. So. And we have some time until uh, tomorrow to make some decisions, but you know those guys all you know, worked hard to, to get back there and, and be able to start to practice, and you know we're able to put some days together. Um, can you just talk about Cunningham's skill set a little bit and what you know what the reason was? Right, this is ridiculous. <laughs> By the way, you didn't see him, but he walked out. Yeah, it sounds like it. This is ridiculous. Like, y'all done told y'all over and over, man. <laughs> I told y'all already. Like, All right, from Brable's perspective, he doesn't want to talk about a guy that's not playing. Yeah. He, Why would you? You know, he's, he's got a 53. He's got less than that on game day. It, neither one includes Zach, uh, Zach Cunningham. But that's what he said all season long. Like, listen, we'll talk about the 48 guys that we're going to have out there on Sunday, and that's it. I mean – Okay, from a Davenport perspective. Okay, talk to him. People want to know about it. This is the first availability you've had since you signed the dude who is hopefully going to help an injury-ravaged defense. Without question. How hard is it to talk about his skill set? Because you freaking know the guy. Evidently pretty hard. You know Apparently. Him. But but did you hear at the <laughs> beginning of the – I mean, I, listen, I'm like, you're, you're the head coach of that team. You just acquired uh, a big name mm. to add to your roster. People want to talk about it. Your right. fans want to know about it. Right. Right? right? Like, I don't think it's too much to ask for you to, to talk about that acquisition. I, I and, people, and people are saying, oh, well, it was the third question, though. Well, if he actually said something and answered one he, of the yeah, first two, then maybe you wouldn't get the third. I'm with you on it. I just, but I do think that, man, listen, <laughs> hey, man, y'all told me, like, <laughs> y'all told me walking into this, man, Vrabel is not media friendly. He don't care nothing about nah. what they're talking no, about. He's no going to do it his way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, outside of that is – you may can talk to him and have a good conversation, but right there yeah. at that podium, you can forget about it. Well, and if you cover Vrabel and listened, or if you even listened to his press conferences mm-hmm. often, didn't you get it from the get-go? Yeah, he immediately. Was, he was salty. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was salty mm-hmm. before any of the Zach questions came. And that had nothing to do with the media. I think that came from practice. He said it started slower than I expected. Why did my mouth just get so juicy? The water didn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't even talk. I was about to just flow. Um, but uh, <laughs> I love it when you express every thought. <laughs> he was frustrated with the team. Mm-hmm. Like what y'all are putting out there on the field. And we heard Mike Keefe and them earlier in the week talk about, man, Monday was a good practice. They heard that from the coaches. So somewhere between Monday and today, it took a turn. You know what I'm saying? And he's not accepting that, you know, going into Sunday. Because like you said, this is how we thought about the Jets. We thought about the Texans. So, apparently, he, may, he must see something coming down where, hey, y'all need to get this in order. And then he had to go do a press conference. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I understand it, but I, I totally understand what you're saying. Just answer the question, and we can move on. Right. But we don't know what he got going on behind the scenes, man. Like, it's, yeah. And we know 
you know how uptight he is right now. Uh, any coach in this situation, you got an 8-14 coming off a bye, was sputtering to get to the bye, finally get to the bye. Then it's like, all right, let's get this thing back moving. Ain't no telling, man, who walked in there the next day. Hey, man, you know, Don can't go either day. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, who's, who's off IR, man, who's able to actually It's enough to make contribute. you be like, hey, man, hold on, man. Give me a break. Hold he up, ain't got no break all year. So, I mean. No, I mean, how stressful is that just coming up with who's practicing? That, like, who's doing reps Yeah, at wide receiver That's tough. X? Or, That's tough. You know what I mean? Like, and then we ask about there's a game lot plans. going on there. How do you put a game plan in for a team that you don't know who your personnel is? That, well, you always say know. KYP, know your personnel. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We do know that these players are out uh, for your injury report from the Titans today. Tommy Hudson, Jackrabbit Jenkins, David Long, and Tier Tart. They are all out, already listed out. Uh, Zach Cunningham, obviously, yeah. as well, listed out. I guess I think it's COVID protocols is why he can't contribute. Not, not that he would have yeah. anyway. I mean, right. completely switching defenses, but mm-hmm. you never know. Anyway, so so those are your players that are out. Do you want me to hit full participations today? Get them, Babsy. Do it. Jeremy McNichols, Greg yes. Maben, Rashawn Evans. Hey, back for three days. Which, by the way, that's three days in a row. Mm-hmm. So they're, maybe that's what the question should have been about yeah. today, right? Yep, yep. Um, Nate Davis, uh, three straight days. Jayon Brown with three straight mm-hmm. days. Ola Adaini. Um, with that hamstring, and he actually did media availability today as well. So uh, he's good to go. Harold Landry was limited today. Danico Autry back full participation today. And Elijah Molden back full participation today. Um, I think that wraps everybody up. Obviously, Julio Jones not listed on here at all. There's videos of him uh, continuing to do what he's done all week. And you see catches and running routes and... Looks like he's healthy, but that's certainly a different speed when you're out in the real game. Mm-hmm. Lucas Panzica said he's nervous about Sunday. I- I'm curious uh, where you guys are with that. Hit us on Twitter, at 3HL1045. I'm not. Uh, but I wasn't against the Jets, and I wasn't against the Texans either. Hello. So there, there you go. Uh, when we come back, we'll visit with a local star that was a star quarterback at Navy and never, lo- never lost to Army, Keenan Reynolds, oh. ended up playing wow. in the NFL as well. Uh, he is scheduled to join us at the table live next, 3HL 104.5 The Zone. Three HL 104.5 The Zone, Brent Dorty, Don Davenport, and Ron Slay broadcasting live in New York City. We're on the USS Intrepid. Might as well be, right? Yeah, why wouldn't we? <laughs> We got the we got the opportunity. Come on, man. I mean, so might as well. Sense. That makes sense. Uh, we've also got a uh, former Navy star quarterback, former good mm-hmm. passer star football player, <laughs> Keenan Reynolds. Um, and uh, welcome, uh, welcome to the table. Uh, glad to have you on a show from your hometown. Yeah, you know, this is one I was looking forward to. You know, we gotta say the best for last. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm mean, I'm really excited. This whole thing has been amazing. Uh, I'm hyped to go to the game uh, tomorrow, yeah. especially you know after last year and the way that nobody really could go and stuff. Mm-hmm. So to bring all this back, yeah. the pageantry, the fans, the media, I love it. I'm excited. How nervous – you played in the game as a freshman. How, how nervous were you as a freshman, well, like, pregame? So I was nervous every game. So it, it didn't really change, <laughs> like, one – like, I always got nervous, even when I was, you know, you four care, years right? in, right? Yeah. yeah. So 
and I and I'm just a person. My mind's always going. I'm always thinking. I'm always analyzing. So like inevitably, anxiety follows that, especially with a yeah. game something like that so big. So um, it, all you need, all I needed was one play, one pass, one run, one tack. You know, get me five, six yards. All right, I'm I'm still good. You know, I'm still I still <laughs> yeah. can play ball. And, and once I do that, I'm ready to roll after that. I get into the flow. Did you already hit on four zero against Army? Like four zero. I mean, is that do you, <laughs> you didn't just hey look. I never lost to them. Yeah, I love uh, – I can always pull that Trump card out. No matter, yeah. how, much, no no matter how much trash somebody tries to talk to me, I just hit them with a I never lost. And then it, <laughs> it just kind of evens everything out. Um, but I'll tell you, that fourth one, that was the toughest one. You know, uh, it's almost like at that point you're just trying to get it over with. You yeah. know, it's – you don't want to be the person to lose. You don't want to be the person to end the streak. So I was like, now nah, I'm just trying to get out of here, yeah. get my fourth <laughs> win, and now I don't have to worry about it anymore. Keenan Reynolds with us on 3HL. Can, can you kind of put into words what, what it means to play in this game? Because so many of these guys don't have, you know, like you ended up on pro football roster. You were drafted in the NFL. Most of these guys aren't going to do that, right? Like they're going to go defend our country, um, which is what you're doing now. But but can you can you put into words like what this mean what this game means? Yeah, it, it's so many different factors. Yeah, um, and I'm really glad you asked me that. That's been like the, the hot topic of the other day, and it, I mean I could point to the march on the the alma mater, the the media, the the gravity. Like when you walk into that stadium tomorrow, when when warmups are going on, you can just tell like it's different. This ain't your this ain't your average yeah. college football game. This ain't your average uh, NFL game. Like it's just different. You know, I, I had an opportunity to play in a playoff game uh, in Seattle. Yeah. I was there for the game. And I could just tell when I walked into the to, to Cowboy Stadium, I was like, this is different. You yeah. Know? It's just a different yeah. different mentality. So it's the same kind of similar thing. And, and for the fans, like, it's really tough for them unless you come, unless you come to a game. You can see it all on CBS. You can do all that. But unless you come, uh, you really can't appreciate the gravity. And, and, and really, that's the reason why I'm here today, like talking to y'all. I'm working yeah. with, you know, USAA and what they got going with, with the ArmyNavyHouse.com and just giving fans the opportunity to, to win the prize to come experience that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like experiencing it in person. There's nothing like seeing the march on in person, seeing a flyover in person. It'll change your whole outlook and, and, and the thought process around this game. And even if you don't win, you know, you still get to get some of your favorite uh, – your favorite team's merch. Yeah. So about that, uh, fans can go to ArmyNavyHouse.com, upload a photo that shows off your Army or Navy fandom or your favorite Army-Navy game memory, and you'll be entered for a chance to win. Two grand prize winners, one Army fan, one Navy fan, will be selected to win a trip, including flight, hotel, game tickets, to next year's Army-Navy game in 2022 in Philadelphia, courtesy of USAA. Uh, So really, really cool opportunity there. Looking at your numbers, bro. (laughs) <laughs> They're all right. Little video gamers. Right. <laughs> yeah, game 4,559 rush yards in his career, 88 touchdowns, 4,000 passing yards too now. Yeah, we squeaked, we squeaked that out. You know, that was a tough – I think it was like 4,001 maybe. 4,001. Yeah, we just barely <laughs> got it. We just barely got it. So. <laughs> 31 touchdowns there. So 119 touchdowns in your career. I mean, that's phenomenal stuff, man. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know – had a great run, um, just a lot of love for the coaches, a lot of love for the guys I played with, played with some great dudes that were instrumental to all that happening. Um, it's great to reminisce and reflect on it. It's great to, to get together with old teammates and we talk about games and plays like we, we just played it last week. So yeah. um, it's certainly one of the high points of life for me. 
Were you instrumental in Malcolm Perry going to Navy? I, I'm just curious of the local connections, yeah, quarterbacks, yeah. and all of that. Honestly, I don't even remember if I had him on a recruiting visit. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and, and I didn't even know who he was until the game where they pulled him out of the stands. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. Oh. That's uh, crazy. I didn't, I didn't know, you know, about him. And then you see him, and you see the way that he moves and the way he can go 90 yards, and nobody's coming close to catching him no matter who you play for. Yeah. Um, and that's why he plays on Sundays now. So, um, <laughs> man, he, he did some great things. He had a great year in 19, and as a, as a former quarterback, alum, alumnus, it was great to watch. And I was talking so much trash that year. I loved every minute. <laughs> so we were talking about the game. He went over 300 yards rushing. I was standing on the sideline. And it, my take was they were very well aware of where he was with regard to 300 because you guys were winning easily. And, and they put him back out there. And he got, he got over 300 yards rushing. Was that like as a former Navy quarterback where you like fist bumping like that's really cool? Yeah, I was fist pumping, and I was like, man, why ain't I never rush over 300 yards? <laughs> <laughs> I need that too. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> no, it was uh, – man, that was cool. That that dude, he's special, man. And, and what he what he was able to do in a big stage like yeah. that, yep. that don't happen often. You know, people that can perform at that level with all this extra – you know, it's only certain people that can get that done. And, and the fact that he was able to do that – and, you know, if you ever talk to him, see him, his face don't change. Like, he's just like – He's yeah. even, man, and I think yeah. that's a, a large part of his success. You guys haven't had the best year this year. You were talking off mic about that. But that stuff really doesn't matter in this rivalry, right? I mean, like, you can nah. throw all that out the window. Yeah, you know, honestly, some of the years we were, like, the better team, like, clearly the better team, like, it, w- it shouldn't have been close. It was, like, four or five touchdown or four or five point slash touchdown difference mm-hmm. in the final. Yeah, score. you guys were ranked and it ended twenty one seventeen or yeah, something. Yeah, we, senior? we did. Well, I I I didn't play well that game, uh, and I think offensively we sputtered later on when we should have put them away. It shouldn't have been close because they couldn't stop us. We were just shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah, but that's what happens in this game. Yeah, you know, Army's coming in eight and three, going to another bowl, riding high, beat Air Force. They're trying to win the ring. Yeah, you know, the pressure is on them. They are the ones that have all the pressure. We are showing up. Nobody expects us to do anything. They expect us to, to look like we did against Air Force. So, from my from my point of view, we, we're in a good spot. Yeah. I want to ask you real quick, and maybe you can't answer it, but um, if you can, do, do so, please. You talk about the game and what it means, the energy around it. Talk about leading up. What's some of the wildest pranks that you may have heard of? Um, <laughs> leading up to the game, if you can talk about, that. I heard some, I heard the army stole the wrong goat. You one know, time. that's like the third time I've heard about. <laughs> really? That. And, and my response was, "What else do you expect?" You know what I'm <laughs> so, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like, "No, are you kidding me?" I was like, oh, "Of course, of course yeah, they yeah, did." Yeah. That, goat, that goat ain't no joke, man. Yeah. That <laughs> thing looks at you that's with hilarious. those blue eyes. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. that's that's hilarious. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it gets wild. It's, yeah, the thing is, you have all of it. So like. That's part of the preparation as a player. You try to, like, avoid it. Like, I mean, right. just go to my room, shut my door, right. and do my homework, watch TV. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot going on, especially with the pleas. They're doing all kinds of stuff, pranks. And, yeah. You know, they're, they're mattress surfing in the hallways. <laughs> and there's all kinds of people getting milk on their poured on their head in, in the dining hall. I mean, it's the craziest stuff. Yeah. It's so childish, but it's, it's hilarious at the same time. So, yeah. But, you know, I just try, I tried to just enjoy it. Like, just – my thing is you can't be so, so much of a robot where you don't appreciate the moment. Like, appreciate mm-hmm. the environment. Like, bring it all in. Acknowledge it. Like, yeah. it's there. Yeah. It is what it is. And then you just go worry about what you got to take care of on the field. That's real. Well, Kenan Reynolds is with us uh, on the way out here, currently serving as a lieutenant in the U.S. Navy Reserve. What does life look like for you? 
uh, yeah, life is, you know, it's regular for me now. You know, I, I work a regular job. I got, got a wife, got a 10-month-old baby girl. Uh-oh. Uh, I drill when I, when I have to. And, uh, yeah, I'm just doing my thing, following Navy ball, and just trying to find my way. There it is. There he is, Keenan Reynolds. Uh, thanks for hopping on, man. It's hey, good to I, see you. I was ex- super excited when I found out you guys were here. That's <laughs> awesome, brother. I, I know I everybody at by. home is, is excited to yeah. hear from you, too. Congrats on everything, man. Uh, you got it going. Appreciate yes, you. Sir, I appreciate it. All right, Army Navy coming up tomorrow. There's Keenan Reynolds. When we come back, we'll visit with former New York Giants running back Tiki Barber. Also coming up at 520, Desmond Howard from College Game Day. Stay tuned. 3HL live from the USS Intrepid on 104.5 The Zone.